0: Chapter 6 of Dr. Quintard, Chaplain, C.S.A., and Second Bishop of Tennessee, by Charles Todd Quintard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 6 Personal Narrative, Murfreesboro after the battle of perryville both bragg and kirby smith were compelled to retreat by way of cumberland gap to chattanooga during this retreat i was in charge of the regiment as surgeon dr buist having been left behind to care for our sick and wounded Every morning I filled my canteen with whiskey and strapped it to the pommel of my saddle to help the wearied and broken down to keep up in the march. I was riding a splendid bay which had been brought from Maury County and presented to me by the members of the regiment. He was the best saddle-horse I ever rode. One day the colonel commanding the regiment rode up to me on his old grey nag and said, "'Doctor, this horse of mine is very rough. Would you mind exchanging with me for a little while?' i was off my horse before he had finished speaking with a smiling countenance and a look of great gratitude he mounted my bay and rode off some hundred yards or more to the front accompanied by the lieutenant-colonel the major and one or two other officers when they wheeled and saluted me the colonel holding aloft my canteen of whisky and waving it with great glee each one taking a drink when that canteen was returned to me every drop of the whisky had disappeared i was an innocent abroad from chattanooga i went to rome georgia to visit my family and to obtain some fresh clothing of which i was sorely in need there were many hospitals established there and among them was one named for me quintard hospital i spent much of my time in the hospitals and also went to columbus georgia to secure clothing for my regiment mr rhodes a president of one of the principal woollen mills in columbus gave me abundant supplies of the very best material besides this generous donation he gave me a thousand dollars to use as i saw fit after some weeks i rejoined the army which had moved on to murfreesboro On my way up, I met at Stevenson, Alabama, Captain Jack Butler of my regiment, who informed me that a telegraphic dispatch from General Polk had just passed over the line, ordering me to Murfreesboro. I asked how he knew it, and he told me that he had caught it as it clicked over the wire, which seemed very wonderful to me then. Immediately on reaching Murfreesboro, I reported to General Polk and said, General, I am here in response to your telegram he was greatly astonished and asked how it was possible for me to have made the journey from rome georgia in so brief a time general bragg who was in command at murfreesboro was attacked by rosecrans on the last day of the year eighteen sixty two a great battle resulted and the fighting continued until the second day of january eighteen sixty three i was on the field dressing the wounded as usual when an order came for me to repair to the hospitals while crossing the fields on my way to the hospitals in town a tremendous shell came flying toward me and i felt sure it would strike me in the epigastric region i leaned down over the pommel of my saddle and the shell passed far above my head as i rose to an upright position i found that my watchguard had been broken and that a gold cross which had been suspended from it was lost i never expected to see it again the next day a colonel moving with his command at double quick in line of battle picked up the cross and returned it to me the day following it is still in my possession a valued relic of the battle of murfreesboro as dr buist was still in perryville kentucky i was practically surgeon of the regiment as the wounded of the first tennessee were brought in they always called for me and it was my high privilege to attend nearly if not quite all the wounded of my regiment some of them were desperately wounded among these was bryant house nicknamed among the boys who were artists in bestowing nicknames shanty he had been shot through the body the surgeon into whose hands he had first fallen told him that it was impossible to extract the ball and that there was no hope for him well send for my chaplain he said doubtless thinking that i would offer up a prayer on his behalf instead of that however i went in search of the ball with my surgical instruments and was successful shanty died in september eighteen ninety five he was for years after the war a conductor on the nashville chattanooga and st louis railway and took great delight in telling this story i continued at work in the hospital located in south college until the army was about to fall back to shelbyville when i was sent for by general pope who asked if i would go to chattanooga in charge of Willie huger whose leg had been amputated at the thigh he was placed in a box-car with a number of other wounded men and i held the stump of his thigh in my hands most of the journey when we reached chattanooga i was more exhausted than my patient i remained with him for some time the dear fellow finally recovered married a daughter of general polk and now resides in new orleans general james e rains a member of my parish in nashville fell while gallantly leading his men at the battle of murfreesboro general hanson of kentucky likewise gave up his life his last words were i am willing to die with such a wound in so glorious a cause here it was that colonel Marks, afterwards governor of tennessee was severely wounded and lamed for life after the first day's fight general bragg sent a telegram to richmond in the following words god has indeed granted us a happy new year but subsequently hearing that rosecrans was being heavily reinforced from nashville he retired to shelbyville carrying with him his prisoners and the spoils of battle for the confederates captured and carried off thirty cannon six thousand small arms and over six thousand prisoners including those captured by cavalry in the rear of the union army wheeler's cavalry also captured and burned eight hundred wagons end of chapter six